Welcome to another episode of To A To B or Not To A To B. Um, We're this... repeating an episode because I've been complaining. <laughs> We're just recovering another approach mm. to breast cancer. Okay, right. What is the most common by far? DCIS. No, D- DC. DCIS? What goes, no. DC. What in front of DC? Invasive? What was that? I was going to say Isabel. <laughs> oh, you know what happened to me today. I increased the team screen when everyone was like saying, it's not going to work because it's a split screen or whatever. And it was, I did it and everyone was so shocked. <laughs> I turned around to the room and I went. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I can't do this with these people. I love that. I love that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, Invasive. How many cases of the cases? 90%. 80 to 85. Great guess. And where is it? It's in the duct. Yeah, but unlike ductal carcinoma in situ, it's not confined to the duct. They obviously Duh. not. Yeah. Instead, it invades through the duct, and if not found by the heroic action of mammographers, it will progress to distal mess and certain death. Yeah. Grim. Clinically, the most common story is... Mm, notice a lump. Hard, non-mobile, painless mass. Okay. Which we all know, I think. Um, the On imaging, the most common look is? Um, so I would expect it to be, is this just calcifications that are the segmental? It's talking about, mm, it's not really, well, yeah, which type of calcifications? So like your pleomorphic? That's all it wants, pleomorphic, whether okay. it's. Fine, pleomorphic or branching, pleomorphic. Pleomorphic yeah. calcifications. Yeah, and uh, then tell me about the mass itself. Speculated. Yeah. Irregular. Yeah. Um, uh, in the like glandular part. Yeah, and on mammo, it's going to be what colour? Uh, oh, you mean like it's going to be like uh, opaque. Opacity. High density. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. And on ultrasound? So ultrasound, classically, the like most malignant ones are hypoechoic and they uh, go against the planes of the tissues. So they're like taller than they are wide. Anti-parallel? Yeah. Shadowing mass? Yeah. With an echogenic halo? An echogenic so high halo. Density. Okay. Great. I'm in. You did really well. Thank you so much. Um... And then within that, there's invasive ductal, not otherwise specified. Yes. Um, by far, the most common type of breast cancer is the one that's undifferentiated and has no distinguishing histological features. These guys make up 65% of invasive breast cancer. But that contraindicates what we were just saying. Yeah. So that really confuses Contraindicates. Yeah. Contradicts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the contraindications are reason not to have a test. <laughs> Contradicts. So I read this and that's kind of confused me. Yeah, so that's confused me too. I find this confusing. I think just ignore that bit. Yeah. But anyways, and we've touched yeah. upon this last time. We then have invasive... So there's the main one, invasive ductal carcinoma. Mm. But then there are these odd subtypes that aren't as common... But I think are probably MCQ friendly or question friendly. Mm. Stop looking and can you remember any of them? Oh wait, I understand this. So it oh, means sorry. so invasive ductal carcinoma yeah. is 
85 percent yeah of those within that 85 percent is 60 percent are and not, the rest are and the subtypes. rest are these subtypes Fab. feel Thank happier you, <laughs> rosemary <laughs> Thank you, Rosemary. <laughs> I think called Royce is a bit weird. Well, it's because I was about to say. Stop, Chelsea. Oh my god, we'd have had to stop. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sorry. Subtypes. Rosemary. Romarine. Subtypes. Do you remember any of them? No. Papillary. Yes. Lobular. Yes. No. <laughs> Tubular. Yes. I'm now just looking. <laughs> mucinous, medullary. Very good. Can you tell me anything about them? Mucinous. Yes. Looks like gelatinous. Well, he doesn't say that, but I think you're right. Oh, right. Um, medullary was associated with a special group of patients. Can you remember that? Uh, diabetes? No. <laughs> 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 um, genetic type thing. Bracca. Which one? One? Yes. Right. So typically younger patients, 40 to 50s, better outcome than not otherwise specified. 25% have BRCA1. Medullary. Yeah. BRCA1. Okay. And so um, I'm just going to start yep. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Tubular, small, speculated, slow growing mass with a favorable prognosis. Um, and this is asso on ultrasound associated with a radial scar. And this is like key. Yeah. Um, and I think I have. No picture, but we'll talk about <laughs> it later. Um, and apparently, contralateral breast will have cancer 10 to 15% of times. Yep. Okay. I mean, mucinous, round, all ovulated, and circumscribed mass, uncommon, better outcomes than not otherwise specified. Medullary, round or oval circumscribed mass without calcifications. Auxiliary nodes can be large even in the absence. Of Mets and where what type of patient? Black one. Yeah. And also better outcome. Yeah. And finally, papillary, complex, cystic, and solid. Auxiliary nodes are not common. Typically seen in elderly people, favours people who are not white, and is the second most common behind not otherwise specified. Okay. Happy? Yeah. Okay. So then we, so then it talks a little bit about ductal carcinoma in C2, so the step before, yeah. Earliest form, confined to the duct, histologists grade it, low, intermediate, high, and they use the phrase, you're gonna love my pronunciation, comedo or non-comedo. Where's the word? To subdivide the disease. Oh yeah, I don't know how you say that. Okay. Comedo? If anyone would ask, Comedo. the comedo type is more aggressive than the non. Okay. So that's the only thing. And then he's got this thing on testable trivia. 10% of DCIS on imaging may have an invasive component at the time of biopsy. Okay. 25% of DCIS on call biopsy may have an invasive component on surgical excision. So this all makes sense. So when you see it on imaging, by the time you biopsy, it's going to be further along. When you biopsy it, by the time you go to surgically excise it, it's going to be more invasive. Terrifying. Well, it makes sense because it, yeah, spreads. 
But don't you do this all at the same on the so, same well, day? No, you would do you nowadays. Yes, you do the imaging usually and biopsy same day. But you then have to plan, wait for the biopsy, plan the surgery. Mm. So that doesn't happen on the same okay, day. Okay. Um, eight percent of DCS will present as a mass without calcifications. And most common ultrasound appearance is a microlobulated, mildly hypoechoic mass with ductal extension and normal acoustic transmission. Okay. And it says here, if a test writer wants you to come down to say this, they'll show you suspicious calcifications, so fine linear branching or fine pleomorphic. And I guess if they're still like linear, then it's within the duct. Mm -hmm. Um, non-mass like enhancement on MRI which is a bit confusing because it's not the only thing that will show that and then multiple introductal masses on galactography but I've never seen galactography so mm. I don't know how likely that is I'm really sorry to interrupt but I need to go for a wee <laughs> okay, pause us pardon the recent sorry <laughs> <laughs> Bring you back to the room now. <laughs> Bring you um, back to the room. Back to the room. Um, so on to the other type of invasive breast cancer. Mm. Which one is it? Lobular? Yep. Carcinoma? Yeah, invasive lobular carcinoma. Okay. This is the second most common type of breast cancer, making up 5-10% of cases. The pathophysiology lends itself well to multiple choice questions. So I'm going to read you through the process of what happens yeah. from nothing to invasive. Cells decide to be cancer. Cells lose E-coherent. Cells no longer stick to one another and begin to infiltrate the breast like the web of a spider key. This infiltrative pattern does not cause a desmoplastic reaction, so it gets missed on multiple mammograms. Finally, someone, you, notices, notices some architectural distortion without a central mass on the CC view only. You get fancy and call it a dark star. And the dark mm. star is like classic. Okay. Architectural distortion without a central mass. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. These dark stars. They look bright, I know. They look like they bright dark stars. Okay. Because they're bad. I was more into because <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> right, so. Yeah, who knows. Okay. On ultratown, the typical look is an ill-defined area of shadowing without a mass. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then another buzzword is a shrinking breast. The breast isn't actually smaller, it just doesn't compress so much. So when you compare it to the other side, it appears to be getting smaller. On physical exam, this breast may actually look the same size as the other one. So it's not squashing between the mammo plates as much? Yeah. Okay. Because there's stuff there. Yeah. And then a little thing on one versus the other, so ILC versus IDC. Infiltrative lobular is often multifocal. It doesn't metastasize the axilla as much. Instead, it likes to go to strange places like peritoneal surfaces. Mm -hmm. That is strange. It more often has positive margins and more often is treated with mastectomy, although prognosis is similar. Okay. Things to know. So this is even more to the versus list. It presents later than ductal, invasive ductal. 
It tends to occur in an older population. It often is seen in one view only, CC, as it compresses better. Calcifications are less common than with ductal carcinomas. Mammo buzzword, dark star. Another mammo buzz, buzzword, shrinking breast. Ultrasound buzzword, shadowing without mass. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about these. On MRI, washout is less common than an infiltrative ductal carcinoma. We'll get to this, but with like most malignancies, what it does with contrast is takes it up, but then quickly washes out. Okay. Um, and this one won't do it as commonly as ductal. Auxiliary mets are less common. Prognosis is similar. Unless it's pleomorphic invasive lobular carcinoma, which is very aggressive. More often multifocal and bilateral. Up to one third are bilateral. Okay, keep going. That was a long list. Let's keep going. Next one, we know these two quite well. Inflammatory breast cancer. The prognosis is terrible. And that's why they try and do chemo before surgery because it to um, reduce it. What are you going to see uh, clinically? So this is the one that you could think was a mastitis. Yes, yeah, because... So you get like a swollen, red, yeah. painful, injurated breast. Yeah, and um, what would be a buzzword for this and not mastitis on mammography? Skin thickening. Okay. Yeah. And it actually can improve with antibiotics, the inflammation, mm-hmm. but it won't resolve. Mm-hmm. So that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. In the no. real world or on a multiple choice test. <laughs> right. So a dermal biopsy is sometimes needed if you can't find an underlying mass. Okay. Which is interesting. And then yeah. finally, one of the nipple diseases. Mm. Padgets. Yeah. Now, I'm a bit confused about Padgett's. Mm-hmm. Is it a ductal carcinoma that has invaded the nipple, or is it its own separate? Its own separate, but it's associated okay. with high-grade DCIS. So it's like a skin cancer rather than a breast yeah, it's cancer. carcinoma in situ of the nipple epidermis. Okay. In situ. Sorry. No, it's all right. I like it. Um, okay. Fine. Tell me some things to know about Padgett's. Wedge biopsy should be done on any skin lesion that affects the nipple areola complex that doesn't resolve topical therapy. And why are they saying that? Because what does Padgett's present as? Like excellent. Very good. So if it's not resolving with steroids, mm. you're going to have to biopsy it. Padgett's is not considered T4. The skin involvement does not up the stage in this setting. So we don't know our classification. Yeah, but obviously when it involves the skin, it becomes T4, yeah, but Padgett's is only the skin, okay. so not Padgett's. Very good. We finished cancer. We're going to stay on the episode because we're quickly going to talk about high-risk lesions. Mm-hmm. Some of them we've actually already spoken about. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of them. So it's kind of going Just over thinking there. about it in a different way. Yeah. So exactly, which is good. Yeah. So there are five classic high-risk lesions which must come out after a biopsy, okay? So one, cancer. Well, no, it's more, you know, things that you will see that might make you biopsy or a high-risk lesion. So some of them we have already spoken mm. about, but it's sort of looking at it the other way, okay? So I'm going to describe this for you. Um, so, it's oh, quite difficult. Okay. I'm just going to tell you this one. A radial scar. 
Can you remember what this is highly associated with? Mm. Tell me, like, what section? DCIF. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the... Oh, is it, sorry, instead of DCIS, is it one of the invasive ductal carcinomas? Yeah, subtypes, sorry. Fine. Yeah, you, I think, were thinking of the dark star, which is not the same as a radial scar. No, it's not the same as a radial scar. Radial scar is, let me tell you what my invasive ductal carcinoma subtypes are. Mm -hmm. So there's not otherwise specified, mm -hmm. fine. And then my subtypes are... Papillary, mm -hmm. mucinous, mm -hmm. tubular. Ding, 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 ding. Um, but there's one other, hang on, let me remember. Mudullary. Yeah. And it's tubular. Yeah. Fine. And I'm just going to, this is useful because we didn't really talk about how it looks. So this is not actually a scar, but looks like one on histology. Instead, you have a bunch of dense fibrosis around the ducts, giving the appearance of architectural distortion. In brackets, dark scar. Oh, shit. Things to know. It's high risk and it needs to come out. Associated with DCIS and or invasive ductal carcinoma in 10 to 30%. It's associated with tubular carcinoma. Little star. It's not going anywhere, so it's just little star. Keep going, keep going. Anyway, so another type is... And we spoke about this in the other episode. Can you remember, in terms of pathophysiology, you go from nothing to invasive ductal carcinoma. Can you remember some of the steps? Uh, they had um, acronyms and they yeah. made, like, atypical. Yeah, exactly. So the first one was something like benign epithelial atypia. The second one was atypical Cells. Ductal hyperplasia. Okay. This is basically DCIS but lacks the quantitative definition. Less than two ducts involved. It comes out because A, it's high risk, and B, because DCIS burden is often underestimated. So that's just one another thing that needs to come out. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about lobular carcinoma in C2, classically on occult or mammogram, an incidental finding is sometimes a buzzword. The best way to think about it is that it can be a precursor to invasive lobular carcinoma, but isn't obligated to be. The risk of conversion to an invasive cancer is less when comparing it to ductal carcinoma in C2, just like pleomorphic invasive lobular carcinoma is worse than regular invasive lobular carcinoma. A pleomorphic LCIS is more badder than a regular. Make sense? I mean, it's not that interesting. Yeah, it doesn't, also doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah. Pleomorphic anything is worse, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then, in the same way as you have a typical ductal hyperplasia, you have a typical lobular hyperplasia. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question? High risk lesions. These are all things like after you've biopsied them, right? So the last ones, yes, but I don't think of a radial scar. Oh, maybe because it says looks like one on histology. So these are all things that like you get the biopsy results back and after then biopsy, yeah, it says it right there. Oh, does it? Oh, fine. <laughs> That's okay. I was like, how would I see these things on imaging? No. I don't understand. Fine. 
That's so you've got a biopsy result. That's making much. Oh god, good. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, and then papilloma. Papilloma. Which confused me because I think I've seen one that hasn't been anything done. Oh yeah. Tell me what what does a papilloma look like, please? Oh, I've got one there, but that's not the classic. We've spoken about this earlier. Have we not? I thought we did. Hold on. Hold your horses. Should we really speak about oh well we might be talking about it now. Okay. Um most common introductal mass lesion. Most common cause of bloody discharge. You typically see this these in women in their late reproductive years, early menopausal years. The classic location is the subareolar region. Mm. Mammogram. Often normal. Maybe a few classifications. Mm-hmm. Ultrasound, well defined, smooth walled, hypoechoic mass, maybe six stick with solid components. Also tends to have associated duct dilatation, and the picture is a solitary filling defect with a dilated duct. And that mm-hmm. says galactography again. Mm-hmm. Multiple papillomas, these tend to be more peripheral. On mammography, it's going to be a mass or masses or classifications. I didn't find that useful personally. Okay, Philodes, talk about this, what's that? Philodes is something that can be malignant, that's all I know. Yes, and you said before, rather than saying can be malignant, you said, but it can also spread, metastasize, and how? Hematogenous. Yeah, so where to? Breath, no breast, <laughs> lung and bones. Yeah. So he's just said, I just wanted to bring it up again to make sure you remember that this thing has a malignant degeneration risk of about 10%. Some texts say 25%. This is a fast-growing breast mass. It occurs in older age groups than the fibroadenoma. Okay. Fine. And I don't think that's that useful, so I'm not going to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well done. Candy guards. Forever gone. I think so, because that's our second one.